0: I think a this is Comics I want you Catch-Up, to where we read comics suggested by you, the listeners of War Rocket Apex,
1: that we have missed. Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes, I love to write, I love to write on paper, I love to write in notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, and I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better, as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a like a text file or whatever. Actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there, and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right.
0: Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper like... And I'm sure it's it feels just right for you.
1: It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And paper, like, feels good on the iPad. Uh, they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, <laughs> that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is
0: fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper like on there, and these foils are developed exclusively for paper like products, it also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your paper like, head over to paperlike.com/slash-ajax. Click Buy Paper Like and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com ajax to get started. Hey there, everybody. It's been a while. What's up? Uh,
1: let's catch up. Comics catch up, that is. My name is Chris Sims. With me as always, Matt Wilson. This is the show where we look back on some comics that we missed somewhere along the way. Maybe something that we started reading and really liked, but maybe there were some bad comics we just had to read to get through it. (laughs) I think that's definitely the case here. Yeah, I think this is 100% the case of, wow, this comic's really good. But But there is a comic where Superman sees Dr. Manhattan's Genitals that we need to talk about.
0: Mary Marvel saw the genitals, most shockingly.
1: Mary Marvel talked about them.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but he...
1: that, that's, that's neither here nor there. That's not what we're catching up on. Uh, we yeah. are catching up. We, we read that, unfortunately. Every <laughs> single panel. <laughs> but we we fell off of a book that I remember reading the first issue of and really liking. Uh, and that we have now gone back and revisited to see if it held up all the way through, and that is the 2019 12 issue Martian Manhunter series by uh, Steve Orlando, a, a an Ajax favorite. Yes, very much so. And uh, Riley Rossimo, who maybe not an Ajax favorite, just because we haven't read a ton of of stuff that he's done, but I would say p- pretty pretty solid.
0: Yeah, bringing a very different kind of style to a mainstream DC book. I feel like uh, really like going into like rubbery cartoon physics at times, and that fits this book extremely well. Uh, Colors by Ivan Placencia, lettered by Daron Bennett. Uh, that's that's the full credits for this Martian Manhunter series. Uh, which, in the trade paperback, is known as Martian Manhunter Identity, which I do think pegs the theme of this 12-issue miniseries pretty well. Yeah. Where do you want to start with this, Matt? Well, uh, let's start here. I put out the call on Twitter for some suggestions of LGBTQ+. plus. Comics that we could read for comics catch up this month, the month of June. It is month, yeah. And we got some really great suggestions. This was one of them. As as we mentioned, it's written by Steve Orlando, one of the most well, I don't know if I would say most prominent gay writers in comics, but like does not hide his sexuality in his writing. Famously wrote the Midnighter series for DC. Uh, which is really good. Yeah, I was unaware that C Orlando was gay. Like, literally
1: until just now, Matt. And in retrospect, I, the, the signs
0: were there. It, it, initially, maybe that was part of why I thought uh, this book was suggested. But it also, you know, pretty clearly is an LGBTQ book on its own. Uh, it, it focuses on the title character, Martian Manhunter who is dealing with identity stuff of his own undoubtedly uh, throughout this book he, it it's a it's kind of a flashback origin sort of story it's it's before martian manhunter is a superhero it's when he's occupying the identity of john jones the uh, police detective in middleton colorado he's kind of trying to find his identity in this book. Uh but also another key character in here is uh Marshall Manhunter's partner. His his partner on the police force. Diane Meade. Diane Meade, that's right. That's her name. And we find out she essentially ended up in Middleton on the force in Middleton. Because of a relationship with a woman, in fact, a woman who works in the coroner's office uh back when she was a police officer in Florida, it was Florida oh, right no it was uh, it was Louisiana because it's uh Louisiana it's yes Homa. that's right where else swamp is. thing lives that's right. she was in Homa, Louisiana, and uh yeah, her sexuality becomes kind of a key plot point in this book because the whole notion of this the whole backstory of this is she discovers that her partner john jones is a martian and learns about his identity while he simultaneously learns about her identity and uh, and what brought her here i think she's meant to be bisexual she is there's a really great part of this where her Falling out
1: with the uh, woman that she has a relationship with is like partly professional and partly personal because uh, the uh, the other woman, the doctor, uh, does not believe that she is bisexual. Like, I I made the joke. I wrote this down while I was reading this on the uh, on an airplane this week. That it has uh, Martian Manhunter's two greatest. Uh, the, the two greatest threats to Martian Manhunter, which are, of course, Hronmir's
0: curse and biphobia. <laughs> right, yes. Very much so. Uh, to correct myself from just a minute ago, uh, Steve Orlando actually identifies as bisexual himself. Ah. Uh So that is his identity, uh, not gay, uh, that I found in a Polygon interview about this book. So seems uh, at least somewhat pretty personal for Steve Orlando. Certainly, a thing that
1: that I know uh, the uh, the bisexuals in my life have been frustrated by continually.
0: Yes. Uh, so my apologies for I, I I maybe I had seen something somewhere where he was identified as gay, and I apologize for. Running with that, I'm glad I went and corrected myself. Uh, he doesn't indeed identify as bisexual. Yeah. What's interesting to me, Matt,
1: is like obviously I think that comes into play in this series, but I literally just always think of Steve Orlando as, oh yeah, he's the guy who likes all the comics I like. Like very yeah. clearly loves Grant Morrison. Uh, JLA, Seven Soldiers, and uh, John Ostrander and Tom Mandrake, <laughs> Martian Manhunter.
0: Yeah, so much of his DC Comics output has been fully g- g- picking up the Grant Morrison baton and running with it. Doing the follow up Grant Morrison stuff that nobody else would do. Yeah. And- like bringing back Prometheus. Oh, so good. Prometheus and, <laughs> and Midnighter fighting. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's good stuff. And not just the morrison stuff although i think that's what really caught our eyes because not only does prometheus come back in motion or in a midnighter but like he fights the subway pirates from manhattan guardian
0: yeah dog yeah dog which are
1: great but i i forget what it was that made it click that oh this guy who i really only know by name and by output is probably around my age because He's super into late 90s DC comics. He's into like I bet you could ask that dude about Our Man by Tom mm-hmm. Pyre and Rags Morales, and he would be able to to give you his thoughts. You're probably right. You are probably right. Where's wait, let Steve Orlando bring back Aztec the Ultimate Man, you cowards.
0: <laughs> uh so the basic arc of this book is That on a drive in the first issue, like driving away from a crime scene where a teenage girl has been kidnapped and the rest of her family has been killed. Violently murdered. Yeah, Uh, which her kidnapping obviously leads to the sort of police criminal investigation plot that goes throughout the series but on the drive back from that Martian Manhunter essentially has a vivid flashback <laughs> that uh leads him to crash the car like he he sort of loses his mental acuity he thinks he sees his daughter in the road his daughter from back on Mars and he crashes the car the car bursts into flames and he is revealed as Martian Manhunter to Diane. And that leads to several issues of Diane and who she thought was her partner uh telling each other their backstory and what they're all about uh, till they get to the point where they kind of understand each other and can work together to to locate uh, this young girl, Ashley. That that is a huge, huge part of this book. Learning about each other, we also get a ton of flashbacks. We get some flashbacks to Louisiana, which largely just flesh out Diane. Diane's relationship with this. Uh, I th- she's a coroner,
1: right? She is. She is a medical examiner, and that's what okay. ends up getting him in trouble because she Diane's a cop. And she's been having a secret uh, relationship with the coroner, whose job it is to provide evidence
0: on her investigations. Yeah, that that proves to be a conflict of interest.
1: Yeah, it is. It is may like it is judged way
0: more harshly because they are both women. Correct. Yes, and and that sends her running from Louisiana uh, to Colorado. We also get a ton of flashbacks to Mars, and this has to tie into Martian Manhunter's established origin. So we do see him pulled through the portal uh, by the scientist who brings him to Earth and then promptly dies. (laughs) Matt, show show some respect to Professor Ertl. Yes, Professor Ertl. We actually get the original version of that origin story in the back of the trade paperback, which is, you know, something. You know,
1: something they were doing there. They were doing that for a while where they would, like, drop, like, oh, hey, and here's, like, you know, a Silver Age story with these characters, just kind of like, not necessarily randomly, but like in a relevant paperback. And I thought that was always a, a good idea since DC's biggest strength as a company is their massive back catalog.
0: Yes. Uh it's it, I think it works to have it in there. Uh but prior to that, you know, Martian Manhunter showing on, up on Earth thousands of years later, because it also displaces him in time when he's brought to Earth. We get all these flashbacks to Mars, where we see Martian Manhunter with his family, uh, Mayira, his wife.
1: I believe and- I believe it is, and, and Matt, the only reason that I uh, that I correct you on this is not pedantry, sure, but because I really like the running gag never addressed in the comics that all Martians just have regular earth people names just spelled all fucked up uh-huh so i believe uh jean jones's wife is named mariah
0: and okay. the kid is named kim their kid's named kim yeah that <laughs> that is is very clear like uh, like you know and i think
1: some of that winds up being uh uh like like in the same way that legion of superheroes characters like uh like colossal boy like jim allen uh, we're named after readers like Jim Allen. Uh, like I, I think, I believe Miss Martian, who's uh, Megan Morse, was named after a uh, a reader as well.
0: Yeah. Uh So we see some of the backstory with John Jean and his family, who have a very loving familial relationship. Uh, we see. Jean and Mariah uh, have Martian sex a few times. We A couple times. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Martian Manhunter Fox. Uh, don't he? And, and it happens on panel because it is essentially a melding of their bodies completely. Yeah, it, it, it is
1: very much the uh, sex that makes sense for creatures who do not have a set physical form and are also telepathic. Mm-hmm. Which is that they basically merge. Like their their whole thing is that they it they hit their uh climax, they hit their all time high. Uh to to quote a James Bond theme song. Uh <laughs> and they yell we, which I thought was not like we like we, but like we as in
0: us. Like 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 we are now one thing, which I think is fun. They come together into a we. Not a Nintendo Wii. <laughs> the t- they do what, Matt? They come together into a
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just want to make
0: sure I caught
1: that. Look, am I wrong? You aren't. D-
0: in no sense, in fact, are you incorrect. So, uh, Jean on Mars is a fairly powerful figure. He's a, a man hunter. He has that title, and uh, he is a a revered figure, which uh, makes it weird that he's like pretty corrupt. I don't know how revered he
1: is by the general public, because we really only get that side of it through like, like uh Kim keeps talking about like, you know, yeah, you're the you're the greatest chief manhunter ever. I think he is meant to be the chief manhunter, which is yeah, big deal. He's,
0: he's he's the
1: head Martian in charge. The the HMIC, yes. Uh but Matt, it turns out A C A B. <laughs> Right, yeah, cause I, I try. Unfortunately, AMAB is a different acronym,
0: and it's not all Martians. It's just, it's just, well, I guess all Manhunters. Well, it was going to be Mhab. This is I what I see.
1: ended up on. So, the, but Manhunter doesn't actually two words.
0: It wasn't working. I wish it was. I'm sorry, everybody. All Martian uh, Manhunters are bastards. <laughs> yeah, a lot is going on on Mars at this point in time. Uh, the curse that is killing everybody is ravaging the planet. Yeah,
1: and that is a uh, that is a John Ostrander-Tom Mendrake uh, thing, which is Hranmere's Curse, which is a mental, uh, a telepathically transmitted mimetic disease that causes you to burst into flames. I don't think it was a a like a mimetic thing in the 90s series, but it here it is presented as it's the idea that you could spontaneously combust That once you get it into your head, and enough people believe it, it's real.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and and by being part of a shared thought space, you're more likely to have it happen. Yeah. So Jean has walled off his and his family's thought space, and he has essentially contracted organized criminals to help him do that. So he keeps them under the radar – in the Martian legal system to
1: protect his family. Yeah. He is ta- basically taking bribes and doing their enforcing in exchange for like to to make his family's life better.
0: How long this has been going on seems to be a while. A while. And you know, it's it's sort of uh, morally compromises Martian Manhunter. In some ways I think this is the weakest part of the book, that whole thing. Because I think it can verge into confusing. Like, if you're not pretty familiar with, like, Martian lore stuff from older comics, you you may not pick up on all this stuff.
1: Yeah, this is not good. Like, this is a great Martian Manhunter comic to read if you fucking love late 90s DC comics. I'll tell you that for free. (laughs) Uh,
0: But we also see how criminals on Mars are punished. Uh, they are essentially given a permanent body, which is the ultimate insult for a Martian, who can change their body at will.
1: Yeah, and honestly, as as you and I both know, as we get older, uh, being locked into this this terrible physical being is bad for everyone, whether you yep. have shapeshifting powers or
0: not. Uh, and that. Ha- is the motivation of the book's villain Charn who is a Martian criminal who is also on Earth now who also made it there and cannot change their body it is it is permanently stuck as like a sort of a red cloaked figure and so they are kidnapping Tons of people on Earth, including Ashley Adams, the, the teen girl, to try to use their DNA to figure out a way to get the malleability of their body back.
1: Yeah. A thing that I think is. I actually think this is the, the weakest part of, of, of the series. It's mentioned very late. In the series, and winds up being like a very important plot point that while Martians can shape-shift, they can't really heal. Oh. Whereas humans, obviously we cannot shape shift, but our bodies are capable of repairing themselves. And so that's why Charn is going after humans, because he wants to kind of unlock the ability to heal and apply it to his own Martian body to get his shape-shifting back. It's not that is something that could very easily be established early on and isn't when when the Mar- when john like is is hurt in that car crash like he he does he, it takes him a minute he's like oh i need more to get more protein and he eats like uh like a yeah. dozen raw eggs but it's not like that is not brought up at that point
0: yeah what is brought up pretty early is that Ashley is the best possible test subject for Charn because she is young. And because she is young, her healing ability, her, the, the sort of adaptability and elasticity of her body is better than older people's. Isn't isn't it the truth? Yeah. So by the end of this, she is made into essentially a Martian. She, 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 is given Martian physiology and looks like a Martian by uh the time this whole thing wraps up
1: yeah and it and in it, the continuation of the running gag like uh Jean and uh Charn, who I guess does not have a but bad guys don't have human names like like Maliffa he doesn't have a human name he just has a yeah. name that means something in human languages uh <laughs> she she is called uh uh, like the Martians called her Adjley,
0: with a yeah. like d z h uh, in the middle which i thought was very fun it's an example of many fun things in here uh like the the symbol of Diane and Martian Manhunter finally coming to an understanding and and getting each other and being able to work together uh and and her, Diane basically accepting him as John Jones is uh that she makes him a peanut butter and bacon sandwich I like that as a
1: symbol, <laughs> Matt. I would really like you to to symbolize our trust in each other and the fact that you trust me by ma- by making me a similar
0: sandwich. I I would. Okay, right. I'm I'm pretty good on the griddle. You are Matt. You are pretty good on the griddle. I, if I do say so myself. So the, these are the like concurrent plots of the book. Uh, you know, obviously. Diane and Martian Manhunter end up working together and uh, defeat Charn and save Diane. Or not Diane, Ashley. Save Ashley. And, uh, you know, that part's pretty good, I guess. It's maybe a little rote by the time we get to the climax, but, like, it's good. There's a lot of, like... Martian Manhunter kind of having to overcome his various mental blocks to like look like himself and be himself again.
1: A thing that I find I found a little bit frustrating is Jean adopts the identity of John Jones, which uh he which another really funny bit, he's never said his own name out loud before. He's always like thought it cuz he you know is telepathic, uh, so he doesn't realize that John Jones sounds like Jean Jones until uh-huh. Diane tells him, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. But like, he he takes that form and he lives as John Jones, uh, who who is a real person who gets killed, and uh, Jean like buries him in secret and then takes over his life. He does that because. He's like like people if they if they know he's uh, a shape shifting alien they'll be terrified of him they're terrified of uh, th- these aliens they'll you know they'll hunt him down but in the scene where he's talking about his whole like origin story Matt mm-hmm. there's like a picture of Superman and I'm not saying it's uh the the same thing but like. Like I do think once Superman is out there and people know about Superman from the planet Krypton, you can probably be it like and everybody likes him. You can probably be like an alien and be like, "Hey, what's up? my name
0: is is John. I'm an alien. I do, I do think it is important though to note that Superman looks like a dude superman does specifically he does look like a white man. He looks. He does. Yeah. He doesn't just look like a dude. He looks like a white
1: man. Yeah, and I do think it is it is important and uh, purposeful and notable that, it, unlike the you know Silver Age version in this story,
0: uh, John Jones is a black man mm-hmm. as well. Yes, it, which is what he has been in most recent media. I feel like, which I think is a good choice, given like the sort of like racial dynamics of Mars and how that has been explored in various stories. Yeah. Uh making the person that Jean chooses to you know take over their life uh be a black man I think is
1: it's a good story yeah.
0: beat.
1: It is it is mentioned and not really explored and and, and I suspect that I uh Know the reasons why it's like maybe mentioned and not explored. That there's mad racism on Mars, uh, because there yeah. are the three, you know, the three kinds of Martians, which are, uh, from comics. There's I actually had to ex- explain, uh, white Martians to somebody this week, which is very fun. Yeah. Uh, but there's white Martians who are like the kind of in even up until the 90s, like they're the default, like, evil Martians. Right. Uh, and there's the green Martians, which are Jean, and then there's the, gold. Uh, is there gold? Because there's also red. I guess there's four kinds. Yeah, I guess so. Because gold is in there. Are are what Jim, son of
0: Saturn, is? Because that was all tied together in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I I am fairly sure that there are gold Martians as well. So uh, that that all goes together. Yeah. or maybe i'm maybe i'm incorrect maybe there's not gold maybe it's just green white and red yeah there's uh, definitely
1: red and yeah. the on mars like the the green martians are the like oppressive uh race to the other right. to, to like particularly like it it is mentioned that there is like a a long simmering enmity with uh white
0: martians Oh, there there are gold Martians. Okay. Uh they used to be called yellow Martians. Uh and in this series they're gold. Oh, so okay. uh they, they didn't come back. They they existed in pre crisis continuity and they were brought back by this miniseries. Oh, well there you go. Man. You go. I I will admit, Matt, I have I have not read a lot of pre Crisis Martian Manhunter stories because a lot of them are very boring. Fair enough. How is Charn ultimately defeated? Martian Manhunter essentially releases his consciousness from his body and sentences him to life existing as a floating consciousness.
1: Yeah, he he says that he puts like breaks his essentially breaks his soul down into 6 billion pieces and puts like a tiny fraction of it in every person on Earth, which is wild, but also like I guess that means he will slowly die like like in a in 150 years like he'll be completely gone as the number of people who have his consciousness as part of their brains die so that's
0: pretty much this series a lot of stuff going on a lot of story threads a lot of stuff about personal identity and like being trapped in our bodies and maybe not liking it uh one thing that We didn't mention is that Diane's girlfriend, like when they get found out and punished, Diane wants to stick up for the relationship and the medical examiner, her, her girlfriend doesn't want to do that. Like, she just kind of goes back to work and doesn't and sort of just like gives up on it.
1: Yeah, because it makes Diane really mad. The, uh, the, the angry police captain. In charge, who doesn't want you within a mile of the mayor's party tonight? Uh, he gives them the choice. He's like, "Hey, you know, we can we can forget all this ever happened and just go on like tomorrow was another day, or you can leave." And uh, she picks chooses to leave because she is essentially like abandoned by her girlfriend, which is yeah,
0: crazy uh, whose whose name is Carol, by the way, Carol, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, pretty much the the series. Yeah, I
1: I liked it. I unsurprisingly, I thought it was uh, very enjoyable stuff.
0: Yeah, I I think it could have held together a little better, and certain things could have been I don't know better fleshed out. But to tell this story in twelve issues and get as many storylines in here as the steve orlando manages to do i think it does a pretty good job
1: yeah i i I do think that it if it suffers from anything it is that it has a whole lot of ideas and some of them are not given the space to breathe because this like, like you said this is not a story that i think you want to read as your first martian manhunter story uh which you know is maybe what with it being uh the first I, is this the first post new 52 Martian Manhunter or was there another one
0: you mean post rebirth no i mean post new 52 oh like, there I was guess definitely that was a 2015 series there was definitely post new 52 Martian Manhunter before yeah. this yeah. remember
1: when Martian Manhunter used to be in stormwatch I do remember that, yes. Yeah. There was a uh, a uh, Robbie Williams series that I that I also read at least one issue of because I'm looking at it now, and I definitely read this. Uh <laughs> and then I did not read any of the rest of it. Uh but yeah, like for for it being for for it saying Martian Manhunter number one and ostensibly being an origin story, it's pretty complex.
0: Yeah, and you know the really hard part, the 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 part that is kind of like amazingly pulled off here, is that all of these various ideas and storylines end up kind of working together thematically.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it it all it it's all definitely unified thematically,
0: because ultimately it comes down to this: Martian Manhunter learns to accept his mistakes and accept who he is. Diane learns to accept who she is, and they learn to accept each other so they can work together to take down Charn. The problem with Charn is that I guess Charn is a he. I believe referred to as such in the comic. Yep. Charn cannot accept who they are. And that's the problem. That's what makes Charn the villain of this story, is what they've become as this red Martian with a body that can't be changed. They can't accept that this is what they have become, and they've spent hundreds, if not thousands of years not accepting themselves.
1: Yeah, and and the thing that I I think is interesting and well done about this is that john is not without sympathy for charn because charn was uh, uh mars was planning to terraform earth uh th- th- as they right, they yeah. call it uh and so they had like prisoners essentially use the slave labor that they brought to earth to do the menial labor and Then when Martian society collapsed because everybody caught on fire and died, uh, they just left him there.
0: And he was one of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he mentions at one point, he's like, yeah, I watched everybody else literally tear their bodies apart because they went insane from not being able to to shapeshift anymore. It is an interesting setup because it never like absolves Charn of the horrible thing that he's been doing but it's it's also like it it ties in really well with the idea of john jones t- running away from his past in, in a way that like charn is kind of trapped in the past which i thought
0: was really good all right chris let's rank the 2018 2019 Martian Manhunter series. Yeah, I feel like we barely talked about the art, which is pretty fantastic. Uh,
1: yeah, it's it's just good. Yeah, Riley also <laughs> has this really story. like exaggerated uh, style. Like it reminds me of um, uh, oh, who
0: was it, Matt, who drew Chew? I should know that off the top of my head. I'm going to have to look it up, but yes, I I see exactly what you're talking about. Rob Rob Guillory. Rob Guillory, yes, yeah, very yeah. similar style yeah that exaggeration like
1: i kept looking at diane who has this amazing like diane's hair
0: incredible
1: it's like it's almost a johnny bravo and i kept like wondering what would what would she look like if like uh, i don't know ron friends it was uh but he does a fantastic job with like uh, the shapeshifting stuff, like the kind of like unfamiliar body stuff. Uh, Kim is adorable. Kim's just a little green blob, uh, because because she hasn't picked her her uh permanent social form yet. And also, I think uh, Riley Rossmo does an incredible job of depicting these three different versions or four, I guess, different versions of Jean, which is his like private. Form that he has around his family, his social form, which is what he wears when he 's out and about, which is essentially his manhunter uniform with right. the big red X and like blue shoulders, uh then obviously John Jones, and then when John kind of embraces like he goes and like conquers his own shame over his past, he gets us a, a fourth form, which is Martian manhunter, as we know him with the cape. Yeah, it's, it's his actualized self. Yeah, which I think like, – I thought the idea of Superman really could have been brought up there and wasn't.
0: But uh, but visually, yeah. I think it works extremely well. Let me ask you a question. but Before we get to fully ranking, because you brought up the design of Diane here, and the art I feel like really plays into me making this connection, did at any point reading this, did you think RoboCop? Yes. Yes, 100% because Jean absolutely has a Murphy kind of thing going on mm-hmm. in this and Diane is so much like Lewis from RoboCop
1: yeah there's a i mean look to be fair i think about RoboCop most of the time sure in general but yeah i think you're uh if if not it had to be in the discussion like it, it
0: almost had to be. I watched a video recently. Uh, What's by... the video for the movie Robocop? <laughs> it was an examination of the movie Robocop. On the regular Ajax show, I've recently mentioned uh, Maggie Mae Fish, who is a YouTuber whose videos I've watched some recently. And in her video about Robocop, one, Maggie Mae Fish makes the argument that RoboCop may in fact be a gay icon, which is a really interesting read of RoboCop. She also talks extensively about how revolutionary character Lewis is, because Lewis is a woman on the police force who is Murphy's partner, and there is no sense... Of romantic entanglement between Murphy and Lewis at any point in that movie, Lewis is just Murphy's equal. Yeah, she's his friend and his equal, and that's what Diane feels like in this. Yeah, it it never feels like
1: Diane and John are going to get together. Yeah, which I and they
0: do appreciate, and that's not their relationship, and. You can have that kind of relationship. And at no point. Is. Does. does Jean or Murphy. Bring up anything about. Diane or Lewis being lesser than. Because of their gender. They're just their partner. They're just equals. They trust each other. And they have to. When trust is lost. They have to regain that trust. It's good i i almost didn't bring that up until we talked about Diane's hair <laughs> which reminded me like oh right she very much reminded me of Lewis from RoboCop yeah yeah it's good stuff very good stuff
1: the book is not without its its flaws i th- you know i think we covered that like overall is
0: do i recommend it absolutely i think it's really fun um yeah i mean i i think the flaw is probably it may be trying to do too much yeah but i'd absolutely prefer that than not doing enough, or or relying on lazy or hack hackish ideas. I don't think any of the ideas in this are hackish. They're really interesting. There's just not enough room to explore them all. It certainly doesn't feel like uh, Orlando
1: or Rosimo are holding back. No, at any point in this
0: definitely not definitely not uh-huh. high energy it, if it, it, like like I said, if anything there's too there, there's maybe too much going on, like I really like the art, but on certain pages where like so much is trying to be conveyed in a single page, you could call it possibly busy, yeah,
1: there were pages that I was tripped up by the layout. And I am someone with a lot of experience
0: reading comic books. Yeah, Rosmo is definitely trying to do... Rosmo does not want to make any page just a grid. I don't think there's a single page in this whole book that's just a grid. Yeah, I I think you might be correct. Uh, There's some splash pages, and there's... Well, there's a few pages that are just like rectangular bars, I guess. But so many of the layouts are just like... Going for it. I'm I'm going through some pages now that are more grid-like, but yeah. But it it's very telling that when you thought back to this book and you
1: thought about it, you were like, no, I remember it being dynamic and like very yeah. visually,
0: uh, like interesting and all, arresting, even. Yeah, it's, I I don't know if experimental is the word, but but Rosmo's trying some some atypical layouts. It Let's really say. does walk the line,
1: uh, like a hard line to walk, too, when they go into, like, the mindscape, and it's weird and surreal and all symbolic, but it's like, those bits, I never had any problem following the action. Weirdly enough, it was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, the, like, talkier flashback scenes uh, yeah. that are done as double-page spreads with kind of, like, a spiral sort of layout. Um, th- those were hard for me to keep up
0: with. Yeah. Uh, one last note, I think, before we rank this, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know if this is worth knocking the book for, because it's not exactly fair to judge it on this. But the fact that it was released in 2018, and mostly came out in 2019, means it was like, a year too early to be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do a book where cops burst indoors and come in guns blazing. Yeah. <laughs> they're the heroes. <laughs> yeah it's it again
1: i think with a lot of superhero comics that is also a bit of a hard line to walk like because they do exist in a like an idealized good versus evil you know uh heroes versus like
0: criminals like
1: like lawbreakers well,
0: sort of way but yeah Comics code for decades said that you couldn't have corrupt cops yep. in comics. I
1: saw someone say that jim Gordon is is propaganda, and i i i i disagree i get I get how you would come to that conclusion, but I do disagree anyway that's that matt that's a discussion for another time
0: well yes, we can have the discussion about whether the trope of The only good cop is, in fact, propaganda or not. But uh,
1: Uh, what did you think about? And and this can be like part of our evaluation of it and our ranking. What did you think about like going in and saying like actually, John Jones was a shitty cop on Mars. Like he he was
0: he he was corrupt. I, I think it adds a layer to the character. I do think it makes. Martian Manhunter as a character, it, it runs the risk of making Martian Manhunter less sympathetic. Yeah, like why then, if if he was this way on Mars, why then should we be guaranteed that he will be good on Earth? But I, you know, I think it's perhaps sacrificing a bit of moral upstandingness. For depth and layers as a character. And I think this book does enough of the heavy lifting to bring him to that self actualized place where it's not as much of a problem as it would be. Yeah. It definitely adds
1: some complexity to a character that I'm not sure complexity makes him work better. Like, it, it makes him a more interesting character in this book, but like, my interpretation of Martian Manhunter has always been like he's like pretty like like kind of the least complicated of the Justice League in that regard. Like he's always like, you know, Martian Manhunter is the Justice League's dad in a lot of ways, I think.
0: Yeah, or or if not dad, like he's like the team manager. He's he's like the player coach. Yeah. And and I like that position for Martian Manhunter. I I will say, and you know, I talked about the stuff about him being beholden to these Martian criminals, perhaps being the weakest part of the book. I think part of why it may be the weakest part of the book for me is because it is so tropey. Like he's he's doing it just to protect his family. I, I'm doing it for my family. Yeah, and
1: to be fair, we didn't talk about this bit, but like, it that has a real harsh ending. Yeah, where, the, the criminals go back on their agreement. Yeah, go back on their agreement and specifically say we we just wanted to see if you would sell everyone out and make sure your family saw it before they died, and then everyone dies except John. Yeah, which is which is grim, but like a a really like good story beat that explains like why he has so much of this like shame. It's like really solid, uh, ranking wise. It's good, but I think it like, I'm looking in the six hundreds.
0: Which is around the dead middle of the list, which I think is probably right. And, and it, again, it is a top heavy list. Like, like,
1: Six hundred is Favard in the Grey Mauser, which is a Mike Mignola book. Five ninety nine is Superman Birthright, which I think both of us like a lot. Six oh three is Knight and Squire, that's got Jarvis Poker, the British Joker.
0: And yeah, six fifty is Spider Boy team up, uh, a hell of a good amalgam story. Yeah. So do, that should give you
1: an idea of like
0: the area where we're looking. How
1: do you think this compares to that issue where Buddy meets Grant? That issue of Animal Man? Uh that
0: issue of Animal Man is probably better. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't think Steve Orlando would disagree.
1: I don't know. Steve Orlando, having someone that I am 100% sure has read that issue, might agree with me that the boots are a bit much.
0: (laughs) I I think Steve Orlando probably reveres the issue where Buddy meets Grant. Yeah, I I would, if
1: I had to guess, Matt, I would guess Steve Orlando likes that issue a lot. But, you know, hey, Steve Orlando, if you
0: happen to be listening, come on show and talk about it. We think you're great. Yeah, sorry that I didn't totally know all the details about your sexuality earlier. Uh, Okay, how do you think it stacks up against, say, Punisher Kill Crew? Which is another book we caught up on.
1: Punisher Kill Crew? It's probably better than. I think so, too. Punisher Kill Crew is fun, but I don't think Punisher Kill Crew certainly isn't the big swing
0: that I think this is. I would agree. So the only book in between those is X-Men The Mutant Massacre. Me and Massacre better. Okay, so entering the list at the new number 633 is Martian Manhunter, Volume 5, uh, which is 2018, from 2018. And you said, well, what is the title that's given in the in paperback? In the paperback, it is known as Identity.
1: Which I did just spell identity, like I I D E N I T T Y, because I thought it. Identity,
0: and that's going to do it for this comics catch up. Uh, thanks for suggesting that story, folks. Uh, I think it does fit into the category of an LGBTQ plus comic book, certainly among books by the big publishers. <laughs> uh one of the better examples. Yeah. And, um, and honestly, like, you don't see
1: a lot of superhero comics where people are like, yeah, biphobia fucking sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really true.
1: It rarely comes up in uh in the pages of Green Lantern for some reason.
0: Now we don't want to limit this kind of story to only June, so please suggest more stories in that vein for us to read for future catch-ups we'll put them in the poll and uh and hopefully we can do more stories that feature characters of all sexualities and genders before we get out of here we'll let you know where you can find us online and where you can find the show if you want to support the show support us uh, head over to patreoncom ajax and kick in as little as a dollar a month to make sure that we keep doing this show every month, and that we do the regular Ajax weekly, that we do every story ever, movie fighters and snack situation. All that stuff is made possible by your support on Patreon. Also, check out uh, our website, which is WarRocketAjax.com, that has every episode of War Rocket Ajax dating back a very long way. Uh, you can also check out WarRocketWiki.com, which has links to all kinds of stuff. It's the fan repository of all things War Rocket Ajax. They keep our lists on there. They keep tons of of very cool, very fun information about the show there. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Tumblr at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. You can follow us on Twitter at warrocketpod. To find me, all you have to do is go to mattdwilson.net to find links to all my stuff, my comics, my books, and my social medias. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, People can find me by going to the-isb.com. That
1: my website. It has links to a bunch of stuff that I have done, including podcasts and things that I have written. So, uh, check check them
0: out. See you next month everybody with another comic. Yeah, thanks for listening, Uh, and hey, good catching up.